Hello and welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live-ish from the EmoSocialClub.tv website. I am Brian. And I am Lizzie. Here, now, today, existing. forever, existing. Oh man, uh, this is another episode where we had some issues on the tech side of our streaming to Twitch, so... Uh, you're welcome, Lizzie. Thank you. I appreciate it. I am pretty sure that this is Brian's elaborate plot to see if I actually know how to audio edit, where he just is like, hey, guess what's going to happen? Quit talking about your classes. You don't want to Everyone's gonna, Everything's going to go wrong. Quit talking about your classes if you don't want me to take advantage of you. Uh, <laughs> this is the Emo Social Club podcast, the podcast about music and news and music news, which are different and yet the same. Uh, on this week, we have uh, an interview with Jordan of The Standby, a band from Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, they just released a comp of their demos and unreleased tracks uh, coming out, well, this on Monday, right? So it came out on Friday. Uh, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking to him about uh, the band and, and writing music and music in general. Probably uh, how they sound like Nirvana. <laughs> Yeah, that well, that was a consistent thing that we came across, not only in the presser, um, because obviously if you write press releases, you always want to say the nicest things, but in every other research aspect, it was like, they sound like Nirvana, which I haven't heard a modern band yeah. compared so heavily to such an iconic traditional band. I personally didn't hear it that much, but uh, I, I see where everybody's coming from, but it wasn't, that wasn't my first... Uh... Re reminiscent band that I would have said for them. Um, but yeah, we're excited to talk. We're excited to have a conversation. But before we do that, hey, Lizzie. Hey, Ryan. What you got going on this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing too much. Um, we, I did start to get a little bit of my shit together for the new podcast segment that we're going to have coming out later on at the end of the year where I interview people about their favorite albums and I either one pretend to not know what they are <laughs> or two, I absolutely have no fucking idea what they are. So they had to explain it to me fully. <laughs> um, so we have a few people lined up for that so far. Our friend of the pod, Nina Swint is one of them um, because a lot of people express interest and I also got ballsy and I will be talking with one of my personal friends um, Mr. Pinegrove and talk about that oh. band because we always argue oh boy. heatedly about that band so we can never talk about it so <laughs> there there's some band there's one band there to tease and then uh, we have a couple other people still finding days and times to coordinate interviews so that'll be out later on uh, this year once we get everything kind of recorded and together and we'll probably release it um, you know every week so once we have a we have one pod released on Monday, maybe release on like a Wednesday or something. Um, so yeah, if you are in a band or work in the music industry and you want to talk about your favorite album, if you want to explain transit to me, sick, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> if you want to try to explain Fallout Boy to me while I pretend not to know everything <laughs> about Fallout Boy. That's a challenge you've accepted all on your own. You so you can definitely notes. hit us up. You take notes and at the end, you're just like, so here's everything you got wrong. 
Exactly. It'd be like when I went into um, when I was a debate judge and I'd be like, I'm Tabula Rasa, which means you abs- no, know absolutely nothing about whatever they're talking about. And there was one time uh, somebody started talking about against me and I just sat there and I wrote afterwards. I'm like, okay, so like, I know what you were doing, first of all. Second of all, um, you're wrong, (laughs) but I still have to score you based on you not being wrong. Yeah. (laughs) But I want you to still know Uh, you're wrong. Yeah. About these facts. Thank you. It's important to me that you know you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Never let me judge you on anything. I just want you to know that. Oh, Everyone to know that. That's the new podcast segment. Lizzie judges you on everything. Instead of redeeming points on um, our DJ stream on Friday nights for Brian to disrespect the club member, it's going to be Lizzie judges the club member. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> I'm adding that. As soon as this, as soon as this is recorded, I'm, I'm going to add that to there. Uh. But Brian, what are what are you doing? Yeah, so I mean, DJ streams every Friday and uh, uh, on the Twitch, six PM. I'm playing Resident Evil. Uh, finished Resident Evil Zero. Now I'm on Resident Evil One. Uh, I did play this game when I was younger, so I kind of remember it. But I'm also realizing I don't remember shit about this game at all, and uh, I'm legitimately like getting spooked at moments. In a game that I have played, in a game that I am aware of, I'm a full. How old adult. is this game too? This was this was early GameCube, so probably like early 2000s. Mm. So uh, it's not even like it's it's creepily realistic. No, with the graphics either. Oh no, 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 no! It's <laughs> it's that it's that sense of like I'm gonna turn a corner and something's gonna be there that didn't let me know it was there, or like you step through a door and you start hearing like footsteps in the room, like shuffling towards you. See, I feel like if I played Silent Hill, which I never did, I just never played that game as a kid. Mm. Um, I feel like that would just give me that effect, but not Resident Evil necessarily. I mean, it's it's doing it. It's fucking doing it to me. Um, Yeah, I'm playing through the series. This one's freaking me the fuck out. I'm also very not good at them. So I've set up a death counter and uh, tracking how many times (laughs) I die in it. The chat today was uh, recording us on Thursday. The chat today was very uh, hopeful that I would, <laughs> and I—I <laughs> I mean, it's gonna happen. It's you're it's, giving them what they want, though. I mean, I'm surviving. I refuse to die if I don't have to, and I probably if will. If I don't have to, if I don't have to, I won't. But I'm not good at it, so I probably will. Uh, yeah, that's happening 11:30 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday, on Twitch. I still am uh, horrifyingly unemployed, so that continues on into the future until... I'm, I'm basically driving up and fighting somebody. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's fine. I get to continue to provide streams for you when I can make Twitch work. <laughs> it's... Listen, if anybody understands why my graphics card cannot handle running Zoom and running OBS and streaming to Twitch at the same time, please reach out to us on instagram i don't read twitter don't hit us up on. if twitter. you reach out on twitter i'll just send it over to him yeah <laughs> it's of no it, 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 go go directly to the source i'm over on instagram at emo social club <laughs> if you couldn't tell because most of the photos that are up there are brian <laughs> yeah um but that's it that's all i got going on for the days into the future i think uh just living life best as i can so, since that's it, 
let's go ahead over to our interview with Jordan of the standby. Trained to like balance and composure, I guess. And citizen, those are some bands we've been like compared to. Um, and uh, yeah, we released an EP last year uh, around this time and uh, did a lot of touring before the pandemic hit did like a full us and stuff and uh then the pandemic hit so we couldn't really do much so right. we're kind of like celebrating our release from last year i guess you could say with some demos from it and a, and a song that we didn't end up putting on that ep so that's what we're gearing up for right now yeah yeah i remember seeing your guys's name on a stop in chicago and I don't think I couldn't make it for some reason, but I think were you guys on the same Villa Stars Hollow? And I think yeah, yeah, because yeah. I remember trying to find because I we I used we work with some of the venues over here, so I was like, who do we know who could just put on this random event real quick that just <laughs> dropped for no reason? <laughs> they were super good. They were like mad good. I think that was like, weren't they like leaving for Japan or something right after that? Yeah, they were doing yeah. something crazy. And then they had like, they were one of those random bands that you're, you always see in like, well, have you seen the movie The Runaways? I have not. I so it's so. like, it's like, um, like the Runaways band with like Joan Jett before she became like Joan Jett and yeah. Sherry Curry. And so she, they go over to Japan because they're like huge over there. And I think that's like the same thing with Stars Hollow is that like they had like a huge fan base out of nowhere. Yeah. So they were able to go, and I was like, "Did that just blew my mind?" Because I met Gavin before. Um, he was seeing one of my friends, so I met him before at an emo night, and then I was like, "Oh, this dude's really nice and cool. I'm glad he gets to go to Japan and just have a good ass time." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I guess like math rock too is like. I mean, I, I think that's what they were or what they classified themselves as, but it's like really big over there too. I think, which is cool. That track, it's just an interesting niche. I guess I listen to a lot of Japanese bands. <laughs> I I guess I should I should rephrase that. I listen to some Japanese bands, the amount of which is is inconsequential, but <laughs> it's very like, yeah, the minutia of what they are playing and the like craziness that they're they're able to do in like pop music in such short periods of time and like a three and a half minute song. And you're like, why do you have movements in that? It's it's kind of wild. <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, yeah I, could, I could imagine that a math rock band from <laughs> from the United States could probably get a pretty good following over there. A math rock band from Iowa, of all places. Yeah. And they have a lot of math over there, okay? Iowa has extra math. You know, I'm glad they can do math because us here in Illinois, we cannot. <laughs> I'm, that's true. Uh, yeah. You're from, you're from Pennsylvania, right? Your band's from Pennsylvania? I, yeah, yeah, we are. Just barely. We're like right over the border. We're like sandwiched right between New York and uh, Ohio. So, so you kind of get the best of like three worlds in yeah. a sense. Yeah, we're like two hours away from Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Cleveland, like smack dab in the middle. Oh, so, wow. super lucky. It seems like like we've we've uh, we worked with similar people from the, from the same areas, like that that sort of tri-state area there, and it's always so interesting, like how many bands and how much music comes out of that area <laughs> like we think that there's like you know a shit ton of bands from chicago and we're like oh we're like at an epicenter of it but it's like it's it's very centrally located in the city and so you don't have this like sort of 
separate music venues, separate places you can drive a couple hours between a new city to be in a new place or like they have their own scene and now you're like kind of able to yeah. like branch out. Yeah, and there's a lot of like little like college towns in between all of them. So, yeah. So a lot of good places to hit and be able to have, you know, DIY shows when we could have them. Definitely, yes. And uh, also just a lot of like, like passionate kids too, you know, which is cool. Yeah, I wanted to see since the pandemic hit, did you guys have any other plans put out any other EPs or LPs this year? Or did you guys just kind of decide to throw unreleased tracks and other demos in on your um, last release to kind of make up for it? Since obviously it's very hard to get together with people and, you know, do things yeah. safely. Um, well, we have some things that we're kind of like sitting on at the moment. Um, but we are still kind of figuring stuff out with them, I guess. So yeah, this is kind of, I don't want to say it's a placeholder, but like it's, you know, something to do right now to kind of make up for the fact that things are hard to coordinate at the moment. I did want to also say um, when I was listening to some of these tracks, which comes out tomorrow for anybody listening here in the stream. And if you're listening on Monday, go check it out. Uh, We'll put a link to it. But when I was reading a lot of your um, show notes and the reviews, people really compared you to Nirvana a lot more often than not. Yeah. And I was very surprised because you don't hear a lot of modern bands, especially those who are more in the emo or pop punk like genre, get compared to any type of like original traditional bands like that. Yeah. Um it's something that like, I don't, I mean, like we, I mean, who doesn't like Nirvana, I guess, but like, it was something that just kind of took us by surprise for sure a little bit. Cause like, yeah, I've never seen, I mean, like when I think of balancing composure, I guess I compare them to Nirvana a little bit in my mind, but like it's super derivative, you know what I mean? So it is kind of something that I thought was weird, I guess. Do you ever, like, try to tell people that, like, you don't, that's not the vibe, or do you just kind of be like, okay, cool, we'll just roll with it? I I just kind of roll with it for the most part. I mean, I'll be like, hey, like, do you know what, like, shoegaze is? <laughs> and most people are like, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I guess Nirvana will do. <laughs> Do you guys in Erie, I know you said it was kind of a smaller area. Do you guys have like venues or like little DIY spaces around your town? We have a few. We have some DIY spots that like pop up here and now. We uh, we have a lot of colleges. We have like three or four colleges in the town or like around um, that make up like a lot of like the kids around the city. So yeah, DIY spots come and go um, as kids graduate and stuff. Uh, we have a venue called Basement Transmissions, and then we have another spot called PACA, which is like an uh, artist collective space, and then uh, a few other DIY spots that pop up because some promoters just kind of do it where they can. So a lot of like warehousey type things. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, the the big one for like larger bands that roll through town is Basement Transmissions, and uh, that's where like like Knocked Loose played there like a year and a half ago. Oh, I think. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So like that size. Yeah, that's it's like pretty big. Yeah, it's it's very underutilized sometimes, but it's cool. It's definitely like when you get a lot of people in there, like it's pretty dope. And when you say warehouse, you mean like a like a whole ass like actual warehouse like. I do mean like very like industrial like. Oh my god. That's what a lot of the town is. It's like kind of like Rust Belty, you know. So there's a lot of that kind of space around. So. I'm, yeah. I mean, at least it's being utilized for something creative and good in a sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's it's cool. It has like a really interesting backdrop, and it seems it feels very like. DIY and edgy, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so. I went to one show. It was a DIY show and it was in a factory and it was in like um like a way south side area of Chicago. And it was like it was a really cool experience though, but it was definitely like if I went now at 25 because I think I went like when I was an undergrad, I had to be like maybe like 19. I'd be like I'm too old for this shit. I can't do it. It was like one <laughs> bathroom that hardly worked. Yeah. Like it was dollar PBR, so there was that, and then there was just like they they had these crazy cool art installations too while the bands were playing, so that was like a really cool aspect. But it was just so like weird and out of the ordinary, especially for like Chicago because we have like so many other DIY like venues or like that are out of like you know people's apartments or just small yeah. venues that kind of pop up around the city that people are like, oh, it's a factory. And then people are like, oh, it's a rave because that's also a huge thing. Oh here. my God. So usually they're like, it's a rave. It's in a factory. And I'm like, no, it's just a bunch of like psych rock bands playing <laughs> in a factory. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the strangest thing that I've ever experienced going to a show. But to know that that's actually a legitimate, like normalized thing is insane to me. Yeah. I guess there's, there's a, uh a handful of like places that I've heard of like that, like, uh, in Texas, uh, I can't remember where it's at, but I think it's called the cactus house. There's just like this massive, like factory space out there and they just use it for shows. And it's like, has like insane turnouts for like the kids out there, which is like cool. I've never played there, but I've heard from other bands. That's really, yeah, that sounds like really cool, though. There's all yeah. these things that, like, I really hope that everything gets a little bit more on track so we can have these oh, yeah. crazy experiences. I feel like I saw somebody, they tweeted out, and they were like, oh, do you think that there's still going to be, like, normal bills? Like, you know, maybe at most, like, five bands? And yeah. and they're like, oh, no, I think it's going to be, like, more like eight or so. And I'm like, that's too many. That's that too is, many. <laughs> definitely too many. I don't I know if you they'll they'll let you that have that many people in at that point. Yeah, that's eight bands. I I think I've been to a few shows that have had like that many bands, and it's just like exhausting. <laughs> so You're saying you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh man. Yeah, I hope not, but I guess you never know exactly but, uh, yeah i hope it's not like they're trying to overcompensate for it it's like no we'll still come into the other shows more than us coming to a show that's this long unless you let us leave yeah yeah for real that's almost like festival like 
Yeah, but, I feel like it would have to be like here's like a festival weekend with like you know fourteen or twenty bands. Yeah, yeah, because eight bands is like getting up there. Like that's that's almost closer to that like range than just a normal show. But whew, that would be crazy. Um, so you guys are in Chicago. Yeah. The last time I was in Chicago, our van got broken into. Oh my god! Yeah. Wait, I think I remember. I think I remember hearing about that. Um. Yeah, it was. I mean, it got shared around quite a bit. We got really lucky with like the crowdfunding after that, but like, yeah, that was an experience. That's so awful. I'm so sorry that that occurred to you in the city. <laughs> it happens. I mean, yeah, yeah. After that show we were talking about earlier with stars hollow that six six show (laughs) yep it's like in the middle of january and we're like rolling up to this show and the venue like changed last minute and i have no idea where it was at in chicago because like i don't know chicago very well but uh but yeah we just played the show and like left a whole lot of stuff in the van and came back out and the windows were all smashed and yeah the neighbors had already called the cops and there was cops like there already. We were like, just trying to like get through our van to see what was missing and stuff. Yeah. It was, it was a whole fiasco. Yeah. You don't remember the venue at all? I don't remember. I think it was in like uptown Wrigleyville, if I remember. Cause I think Uh, it, cause it got changed like super last minute. Gotcha. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it was like a bar, but that's all I really remember. So so, Jordan, I did want to say, because on your, your guys' handles, it says the standby 814. What does 814 stand for? Or was that just a bunch of random numbers you had to put in so you could set, just use it? That's our area code. Okay, so, gotcha. That's kind of where that comes from. Are there 813 other standbys? Oh, my God. I think I know there's at least three. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. Are any of them comparable to Nirvana is the real question here. Now you're thinking. See, I don't even need to sell me for me. <laughs> uh, hey, usually guys... it's at least one. One of them is at least a cover band. Just That's just always yeah. how it works. Actually, that usually tracks, yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about them. As a, True. as a member yeah. of a cover band that had a very hard time trying to pick out a name for us and it's still trying to change it, yeah, it's very likely. <laughs> uh, are you are you guys the only one in the U.S. or is it like uh, the standby UK, standby Australia? I no, I actually think that there's, I think there's two more in the U.S. Oh wow! I think there might be one in Illinois, but I'm not sure. I don't really remember. Well, but we can go I'm find them. Sure. We'll fight them. Yeah, we'll take <laughs> social distance away. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, I'll just let you know. You know. Soon there will be only one. <laughs> no, they can, there can only be one. Yeah. Be, only be one standby. Uh, I was going to say, uh, and I know this is like a little bit away from the, the comparison conversation now, but you guys kind of sounded to me like a perfect circle. And I don't know if that's a band you listen to at all. I've heard them a few times, but I mean, they're like more of that, like, post grunge kind of thing right they're kind of like dad rock okay settle down lizzie (laughs) (laughs) i am not a father but i love i i was really into post grunge uh so i i like your music because i 
was really into that style of music like back in my years in high school and I am 48 years old. No, you're not. So, <laughs> I'm 33. At least so we, was, we've, we've decreased in your age because last time you said you were 87. I hit a, I hit an upper limit and now I have to bring my age back down to make it more realistic. And then I this will is real Benjamin button up. of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all just, it's, it's peaks and valleys of my age. Um, but yeah, so it, it was, it was very reminiscent of like those bands I used to listen to um, like perfect circle was big for me. Silver chair was another really big band for me. And so I was like, Oh, this sounds a lot like that. So I really dig this. That's, that's cool. I'll take that comparison. I, yeah. <laughs> Like, hey, you know all these like big bands from like back in the day. Like, you sound a lot like them. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we like. Yeah, I mean, I guess we do channel that a little bit. I never really thought about it a whole lot. I guess, but yeah. What was the kind of thought process you had going into creating the standby? Um, I mean, like, as far as, like, what we wanted to do, I guess? Yeah, like, kind of what was your vision for it overall? Or if you were just like, hey, we can play instruments, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it, so it kind of, like, it started, like, at the end of high school for me. So it was kind of just, like, a thing to do, I guess. Um, and we, the people that I was with at the time were super inspired by, like, you know, balance and composure and citizen and bands like that, because we were just like, that was like, like peak, like, like turnover, just release peripheral vision and stuff like that. So it was like, that stuff was like super popular at the moment. And we were like really riding off, like seeing those bands live for the first time. It was like before brand new got canceled. So it was, you know, that like kind of like noisier, um, grungier kind of raw, like emo sound was kind of like driving the forefront a little bit or at least like an underground in an underground kind of way uh so we just really wanted to do something like that and then like it's just kind of like we haven't we've just kind of added elements i guess over the time that we've been together but uh, i mean other members have kind of come and gone and uh i'm the only consistent person throughout the whole thing oh, but okay. i I have a bass player that we've been with for like a year and a half now. So that's, that's the other current member that's with me at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, so it's just kind of, it's just kind of like naturally evolved from that kind of influence to whatever we feel like doing. So, yeah. Are, are you the primary songwriter then or people like, as they come in and, and bring ideas to it, to the table? Um, I'm, I usually start the skeleton you know, and then other people kind of add their own little flares on top of it. We're only a three piece. So I end up doing, you know, all the guitar stuff and uh, all the, or most of the vocals, but you know, bass and drums adds a whole lot of character to whatever you're doing. So yeah, the newer stuff that we're working on at the moment and um, have some of is fairly different from, it's a little bit more rhythm centric than the stuff we were doing before. It's simpler. So. so do you feel like the sound like changes over time as like these members have like come in and, and worked with you? Do you feel like the standby is kind of like a, a is it a sum of the parts or is it more like a, a project that you're creating and then having them like might feel a little different, but it's still like your project overall? Um, it is definitely the sum of its parts, but it's heavily 
because I, it's my vocal and because it's like my guitar work, it's heavily flavored by whatever I'm feeling at the moment. So yeah, I would definitely say it's the sum of the parts though. Word. Yeah. I did want to ask, so we obviously listened to the tracks um, that are released when this episode comes out, they're released now, you can go listen to them, but what kind of made them not make the cut in the original release or were they um, made later so two of the songs that we are putting out tomorrow or friday in the past uh we time travel here <laughs> <laughs> two of them were just demos that we took in to record with us so they, they were they're demos of songs that are on the ep and uh they just changed the most throughout uh throughout the recording process and like working with a producer and stuff like that so those songs got heavily like thinned out and they changed a lot and um they're arguably better on the ep structurally and like you know if you approach it from like a uh like pop songwriting kind of stance uh but this was like the original like uncut I guess you could say like raw version and then one song wasn't on there and that was because we just didn't like it as much as the other ones um when we took it to record so it just didn't make the cut can you but, say which which song that was that you didn't like as much it's uh untitled on the end yes okay uh, and that that song I don't know we we always played it live but like we just weren't feeling the connection to it. I didn't have lyrics for it at the time and I was just not vibing with it, I guess. So we just cut it, but we still like it. So we just decided to put it out. You feel like it like didn't have like that cohesive feeling with the rest of it. Like I'm, I'm assuming there was some sort of like, you know, when, when you're going through something at one moment and you're like, I want to put out this piece of music and I want it to feel like this and I want it to begin and then like this. You just not feel like it fit within that sort of realm for you exactly yeah i mean like when you're like trying to like put together like a release like that like i feel like one of the things that you try to think about or in any anything that you're like putting together like a compilation of anything you want it to have like a vibe or like a feeling that's like cohesive like you said mm -hmm. and yeah this song didn't really add to that at all so uh we we're just like whatever just do six songs instead of seven yeah <laughs> i was like that doesn't really i when i would you know listen to eps and like working as a band way back in the day it's like you can kind of do whatever you want when you're like you know i have this much music and i want to put it out to everybody and i want to put it out like this and it's like who cares if it's six or seven or nine or ten songs like i'll call yeah. it an ep i'll call it an lp like who cares as long as yeah. you're listening to it that's all that really matters but uh i definitely can understand if you're just like yeah this song just does not fit with what we're trying to do here like this overall sense of it so i get that i mean i i also think they're good songs so i'm like yeah Thank it's you. like yeah but you know i i do see it as like kind of a, a i've never really heard of anybody like kind of putting out like hey these are unreleased we had these sort of sitting around they didn't make the ep but uh you know we want to still put them out for our audience to hear and listen to so i kind of dig it it's like it's like a i don't know it's like a secret release almost yeah it's kind of a weird thing for like like a band our level to do you know what i mean but like i don't know we were just 
vibing with it. Like we just kind of went back through the stuff in our Google drive folder that we like share and throw back and forth. And we were like, Oh, these are actually kind of dope. Like we'll just put them out like whatever. <laughs> I did want to say listening to Broca. First of all, I want to know what that stands for and if that's an acronym for something, but also the opening lines of that is like, please don't shoot me. I'm trying to understand and like trying to break something. And uh, let me see, I wrote it down here and to break the silence. Like, what exactly was that song about? And, like, what does Broca stand for? So, Broca is a kind of aphasia. And uh, it is... It is either... I believe it is the kind where you have a disconnect where, like, you can speak words and understand what you're saying, but you can't understand what other people are telling you. So there's another kind of aphasia called Vernica's aphasia. And at one song, we had a song called Vernica. And that was like, it's like sister song kind of. Um, but yeah, so it's it, that song is basically about like trying to understand another person and then just like it totally getting lost and disconnect. So that's kind of what that is like and what those lines are, I guess. Um, yeah I remember when I first listened to it I had to go back and I'm like what am I hearing like this is very intense to start off because I wouldn't normally hear that type of verbiage in like a normal emo song it would just usually be like I'm really sad my girlfriend left me or something <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah it's uh especially because it's like kind of a quieter song like I guess it contrasts pretty heavily with what it's saying but yeah that's basically it i guess i don't usually talk a whole lot about like what i mean with those things because it's just i don't know i find it difficult to express in a different way but yeah so interesting was well, he not all songs that are emo are about my girlfriend left me <laughs> i mean more often than not it's like country songs <laughs> no, it's like my truck left me my truck left me without me. I don't know. I think uh, emo might have more in common with country than you think. I, yeah. It really does. And I hate that because <laughs> I want it to have less and less in, in, in common. Yeah. But I also know that it's like, yeah, kind of. Like those are, I, I, I think most music in general has a lot of similarities like that. Like whenever we get into arguments with people about what emo is and shit, not the, we're not really in a lot of arguments with people directly. No, we, we just see people creating arguments and yeah, we're just like, excuse me? We <laughs> on Twitter and we go, fuck that. That guy is wrong. That's just, it, it's, it's like music that was like more evocative and music that was trying to, to get at something else besides just everything is good, everything is happy and trying to point out like, hey, these are things or these are things I'm dealing with and, and being related to the punk scene. It's more about like movements and political movements and things like that. And I think that it really like takes something away when you're just like, oh man, these emo lyrics. It's like, oh, you mean because somebody felt something? Like, because somebody had a, a Had feeling? a feel? Like, a little tinge of feel. Yeah. <laughs> like why, I mean, I just think that music hits more intensely anyway. Like people want to listen to that because it's just like, oh, hey, I relate to that. That feels like what I feel. I think it's yeah, just like really, it's, it's short-sighted to call it anything else, but it's like, yeah music that makes you feel something is not just emo it's music it's, it's good music. yeah good any good music makes you 
feel a certain way. Yeah. And I, so, yeah, I wrote a few songs about my girlfriend leaving me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so Haven't I we all? <laughs> oh, I was I was just gonna say someone like told me once that like emo isn't a real genre because isn't music just supposed to be emotional anyway? And I, I don't know. I thought that was just kind of edgy and yeah that is an edgy take (laughs) it's like first of all here's my take words don't mean anything words are just you know they they are they're they're assumed meaning based on collective experience that you and other people have together we learn them in order to be able to express ourselves to one another in a consistent uh defined way i don't know where that definition came from by the way i just sort of was like (laughs) making it up on the fly but i'm like if the word emo even if it's short for like emotive or emotional or whatever even if you're just using it to like express that that is what this genre is it's like okay that's fine it's just the word you assign to it it's the word you give to it everything else that comes with it whether it's like midwest emo which only consists of whatever the copy pasta is (laughs) or if it's more like uh my cam and fall out boy and makeup and clothes and all this theatrics theatrics like it doesn't matter it's just like it's a word used to assign like meaning to somebody and like yeah. give, give that to somebody else so i'm like eh, just relax like it's, it's we're probably on the horizon of like yeehaw emo like there's emo rap taylor swift put out folklore i think we're just on the horizon of of like <laughs> yeehaw emo and nobody's gonna know how to act emo is it emo, emo? Or is god it... i hate that <laughs> Get your cowboy boots and get to the gig. <laughs> yeah. No, it's get your cowboy hat and then put your docks on and let's or vans. Oh, be like, yeah. yeehaw, oh, let's God. go. <laughs> I could you I imagine mean, I Vans see. cowboy boots? Oh God, no. Yeah, <laughs> stripe all the way up them. Yeah. The checkerboard be like, hey guys, have you seen uh, my my cowboy? <laughs> now we're getting like now we're getting like ska territory where it's like Oh no. Ska. This is actually how it all comes back together. We just come <laughs> back to ska. Ska oh, is the origin. <laughs> oh man. Don't come back to ska. Please don't come don't, back to ska. Back to ska. <laughs> so what kind of I'm like, oh sorry, go ahead. What kind of I guess since we're talking about sub emos, what kind of sub emo do you guys listen to specifically? Lindsay, you go ahead. Um I mean to define i can name bands because i don't know how to define it i guess i mean i listen to newer stuff like hot mulligan for one and like meet me at the altar but i also am more like yeah Fall Out boy yeah my chem i mean i have studied older emo and like the origins of rock music so i know studied. how yes i studied i studied the music i studied um <laughs> but so i mean i'm aware of it i don't listen to it much because i'm very weird in the sense that if I listen to very kind of slow music um I get sleepy and then I get bored <laughs> and it, that goes for like any genre so I can't really listen to it so I always have to listen to stuff that's very active and like let's go let's keep moving so that's why I also like you know the pop punk side because it's always very hyperactive and very energetic but if I were to listen to like um like say like Phoebe Bridgers I like her but it's definitely like easy listening yeah. compared to like other stuff i i one of my friends at work had asked me um 
how I thought about local natives. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of like easy listening. Like I would listen to that while walking to work to wake myself up, to like ease myself into the day. They're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's very slow. Like I even tried to um, like the Airborne Toxic Events, one of my favorite bands. And to me, even certain some, some of their songs, even though they have some pickups and some like louder and like screams in them, it's still kind of slow to me interesting so like i usually listen to you know fall Out boy and my camera probably my go-to's but it's more like in that type of vein of like higher energy music usually cool and brian hasn't changed his, <laughs> his music insane. taste in 10 it's, years <laughs> it's all very like the pop emo side of things like i believe that there is a reason why bands like uh, Mike Hem, Fall Boy, Taking Back Sunday, uh, you know, those kind of bands got really big because they're writing pop songs, pop rock songs in this, from this experience of coming up in that, in that world, in that realm, in that punk scene, in that DIY scene, in that uh, more emotional, more like misfit, more, more, you know, nerd in high school, just like interested in other things, but really likes music and wants to write music like that. And there's a reason why a lot of people identified with it, a lot of reason why it got popular, a lot of reason why it still is very popular now, uh, why there's still emo nights, why they're still headlining shows, why they're still doing all this stuff. Um, so I, I think that's mostly what I listen to. I can't really, like I listen to a lot of Paramore overall, <laughs> like a lot of Paramore. Paramore's classic, man. It's really so so classic I the minute that paramore so... becomes a classic rock album when we're in like no, 30 years not... is the day i probably just die that's not real we are definitely <laughs> i mean did you know that y2k vintage is a thing excuse me yeah my girlfriend sells like vintage clothes on like depop and shit and i guess they have a whole section for it and i was like that is disgusting like you're telling me that the wait i think i saw something about it It was like um like the monkey i got i forgot what his name was uh the little monkey that's like shut up i'm like cute and like the cute but psycho bunny that type of thing like hot topic (laughs) that's not hot topic that's like walmart (laughs) yeah yeah like stuff like that or like like old navy like like you know like the big like bold like old navy yeah yeah Oh my god! Like, insane. I was like, "This can't be real." I'm 23. Like, like there's there's work. really no way. That's insane. Yeah, man, it's wild. Granted, somebody um we used to follow on Twitter until they were like, "I want more riots to happen in Chicago so I can go and take photos," which I was like, well, "That's a bad take." Yeah. yeah, they they were doing that Depop type of thing, and they had posted um. They had, like, a very old, like, 1991, like, tour shirt from one of the radio stations, one of our sister radio stations I work at. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I figured, I was like, oh, maybe I can get it. One of my friends who used to work there would, like, really like it. And I'm like, oh, it can't be that expensive. It was like 80 fucking dollars. I'm like, this was probably, like, 15 $20. Damn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of that stuff can get, like, crazy, especially, like, t-shirts. Like, it's wild. Like, I've seen, like, old Metallica shirts and shit on there for, like, insane amounts of money. But it's cool. Just go to Hot Topic and buy a reprint. <laughs> <laughs> buy a reprint. Yeah. But no, it's an go, original screen. But, like, you're not you going to wear it. <laughs> Whose sweat is on that shirt? Whose sweat is on that shirt? They, if you're lucky, no one's. 
Yeah. You or you can made... go to the local um, weird hippie shop that everybody has either in their mall or in somewhere in their town and they have those bad cheap reprinted one on the Gildan brand tees yeah. and then you're fine. Yeah. Then See, that's it's what I'm fine. Saying. Like if you know that like, like when you're making a shirt and you're, when you're creating merch for your band, if you're not buying a bunch of Gildan shirts, like you're, you're, how are you affording it? So Metallica, you're telling me like <laughs> maybe they're at their height and they're buying like a bunch of shirts to sell and they're upcharging the shit out of them. Right. You're telling me that these are high quality shirts that they've been, they've had for like 50 years. And they're like, Oh, it's a 50 year old t-shirt. It's like, I don't want a 50 year old t-shirt. The amount of armpits that have seen that t-shirt. <laughs> why would I want that? It seems it's, strange to me. It's a thing, man. It's a, it's a whole like It's a whole thing. Do people wear them? Like, are they oh, yeah. on or strutting their stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I think it's more of like the like the Instagram youths, like the TikTok kids. Ah, uh, the youths. The youths. Thrift finds. <laughs> but, like, why? How many people young on Instagram are like, young. I fucking love Metallica? <laughs> give, me a, give, me a, give me a pie chart of people who are like I actively really like Metallica and the people who own Metallica t-shirts I don't think those are the same number probably yeah and I'm not, I'm not being a gatekeeper here I don't feel like I can really gatekeep one of the largest metal bands of all time also I don't know if anyone really actively listens to Metallica even in our age range I know only the metal kids <laughs> yeah I, I have a couple mm. friends that probably still do, but I'm like, no, no. We we progress. We have grown from that phase in our life. <laughs> I'm Metallica. I now do other things. So so Jordan, does the standby have Gildan only shirts? <laughs> well, no, actually, Ooh. because I worked at a t-shirt shop. Oh yeah, high quality so here. I know everything there is to know about t-shirts and what brands to get. And so, so what's cheap. the right quality for bands that are listening? What is the right quality to get? Dude, Gildan hammer. Okay. It's still Gildan, but it's like, it's like nice. Like, have you ever had a comfort color shirt? Yeah. It's like the same thing because Gildan owns comfort colors. So it's all just the same. <laughs> It's all the same shit, yeah. It all comes back around. (laughs) Gildan owns American Apparel. Oh my god. Well, yeah, because they they like crashed and burned years ago. Yeah. They own Comfort Colors. They own another shirt company called Anvil. They like buy all their competitors and just like run them into the ground. So Sounds like a a corporate mega giant for you. Yep. Capitalism. The Amazon of band merch. Don't say uh, that Bezos is gonna come and end Gildan, and then we'll have no shirts. It'll be, be Amazon amazed. brand. I'd be amazed if Amazon isn't like, oh, we can own our own t-shirt printing company. We'll just buy Gildan. Someone from Amazon is gonna get wind of this episode somehow, and then in, by like the end of the year, there's gonna be no Gildan shirts. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to ask you again. Like, all right, what's the t-shirt I buy now? Amazon owns everything. <laughs> uh, okay, so Gildan Hammer basically the same as comfort colors yeah that's the move they're nice they're really nice so do you think that like as a as a as a 
as a sales point to fans, do you think that like the comfort is the way to go? Yes. I think that like however much comfort you can give while also keeping your cost down is always a plus. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Who doesn't want a soft t-shirt? I was going to say like, you mean comfort like in t-shirts, not just general comfort to your audience. Like, <laughs> Hey, at every show, like we will give head pats just to make sure you know. That <laughs> That's the only way you can play. after coronavirus, no more hugs, head pats. Oh God. Yeah, don't even really head pat, like, from a distance, like, just wave your hand up and down. <laughs> yeah, no, have you guys thought about what shows are going to be, like, post-coronavirus yet? Like, I, I don't know if I could even fathom. I know when, like, they had that that one photo that was going around where everyone was, like, sectioned off and, like, their own basically, like, little baby VIP booths, if you just call it that, is really what it is. And I'm like, if that starts to take off for, like, festival season that's going to be so much more expensive. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be, like, not nearly the experience. No, I mean, me and my four friends, we're going to start a pit with ourselves and then knock over the fence, and then that's it. It's game over. I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) We get kicked out. (laughs) I guess it'll it'll come down to, like, what the experience is that everybody wants if everybody is kind of open-minded to being separated like that. Like, I don't have a problem with that because I'm an ancient man but you know being away from other people in that way like i'm okay with it you know like i have my space like i have my drink i have my my view whatever um but i certainly don't think that you're gonna get enough people into an audience that way um i don't think that you're gonna have uh enough money going to the bands i don't think the bands are gonna make nearly as much as they could because the the amounts of people are gonna be lower probably going to be mostly outside so you've got noise ordinances to think about and these other factors that that we don't really consider now um and so that's only like once the weather gets warm again next year like whatever we're running out the clock this year on warm weather and now yeah. we wait until next year when the weather gets warm then if those are the the first shows that happen again it's like well i don't know like yeah i i i'm very nervous about having anything indoors like it just it actually scares the shit out of me of like people going back even like in months from now, it'll scare me. Yeah. I mean, that's something that like I've thought about is like, even if we can have shows again, like are people going to feel comfortable? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, are you like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming then that you aren't like the got to get back in a venue like right now. Oh, like, oh no. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like, what do you think? Like, what would be your way of like bringing your band back to an audience if 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 it was a perfect world which you know we are in everything is fine yeah yeah if it I could know. be a perfect world what would you what would you want it to look like i don't know i mean it's difficult to even like i don't know it's difficult because it's it's you can't really separate like the practicality from it you know what i mean like i don't know I can't even tell you, to be honest, but I can say that, like, with Facebook, like, ending, uh, like, live streams for bands and stuff like that, I feel like the next move is going to be have to be something that's, like, proprietary for music streaming, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Spotify just added uh, support for, like, promoting streamed events on your artist page. Okay. So that's like, I feel like that's like kind of a push forward for 
people to do that more, but without Facebook or Instagram, it's like, you don't really have a platform. Yeah. So. This is like the time when everybody finally learned about copyright laws for music. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, even if you own it, you still probably can't use it, which is crazy. It's, it's a insane. Great time. Yeah. So like all, uh, like you were saying, yeah. Bands like can't even live stream on platforms with their own music. It's like, this is, this is not the way we wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, do you think you guys would do any like, per, uh, I, I mean, I will say this because we're not live on Twitch at the moment, <laughs> so it's like nobody can come at us. But like Twitch, you're not supposed to play copyrighted stuff on it. They just mute it. They don't like, you know, shut you down. They don't close your account. They just oh, say, oh. oh we're just gonna mute it. Like can't use it. Um, so I think is a thing. They're just like whatever. We'll just, you know, we'll 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 allow this to go. Uh, but I've seen bands like the Wonder Years. I've seen Under Oath. Like they rented out places. They did uh, live streamed events that then they they put up for sale on their their online stores. I think Wonder Years did it through uh, Shopify. Um, That's crazy. Like, do you think that would be something like your band would get into, like doing like your own like live streaming just for your fans? Um, probably not because of the incredible amount of setup that goes into that i don't think we could really do that i mean the live streaming i'm doing is working out just great right? oh That's my god you do it. <laughs> yeah, trust me I don't, i'm, I'm <laughs> i understand also i don't have a drummer at the moment so that's kind of another right. thing that's a struggle but yeah no i mean i think that that's actually dope. I didn't know that Under Oath and The Wonder Years did that, but that's Those super. The bands I know. I'm sure more bands have like tried to figure something out. Yeah, I know. Audio Tree has been doing a thing where they've been um, working with Lincoln Hall and Shoebus because they own them, and yeah. they go and they bring in different bands, whether it be like Chicago area or like other bands in different places. They still travel out, and then they've been doing live stream events where you pay however much money. I think it's like ten or fifteen dollars to come in. And it's like, okay, hey, like you can have access to the stream for the live version. And then like, I think like 48 hours afterwards or something like that. That's cool. Yeah. Damn. That's yeah, actually, venues, I think too, right? that's actually really cool. And that's like some, like I've seen like a couple like venues around here, like do like live streams with bands with like pro like camera setups and stuff like that. But like, for a platform like audio tree to do something like that would be crazy too yeah i don't know yeah a lot of equipment has to go into that yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we tried to do um like a band on here and it was just one dude just doing acoustic and we just realized like okay not everybody is also <laughs> equipped to like have that set up and then like yeah. have like sound management and everything and we're like i you know what props everybody else who's been able to do that but we're like i don't think we can do this <laughs> on like a normal basis right yeah you i don't know there's like because you have to worry about like sound engineering and like 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 for today like i didn't even realize that i needed a camera but like <laughs> hey like we're for, here yeah for something like that i feel like i don't know you'd want one or something so i don't know there's, yeah there's a lot of stuff to think about I know like uh, uh, Under Oath, I don't know why I keep going back to them, but I guess I just follow them and have seen all their shit they've done. 
a lot of these bands have stopped streaming now. A lot of them are like, no, we're good. We're done. We're fucking over. We did what we wanted um, to do in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Under Oath just filmed all theirs beforehand. And then they were just doing like Zoom calls on Twitch to talk about their records. I think that was like all they were really doing in the meantime. But they, uh, they, they, them, their, their video, their, their, their live stream looked like it was filmed. It was just like put up at that time. You could watch it, but it was not like they were actually doing it at that moment. Yeah. Uh, I watched a stream from Dance Gavin Dance that they were doing like their album release show. Uh, and it, it, it started cutting out like immediately. And I'm like, okay, well, that's the problem. Like, you can't, you, you just can't do it. Like, multiple cameras in a room with internet, ton of people logging on to watch. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just things aren't really built to support that right now. Right. So, it's, and everyone's online. Everybody's like, hey, uh, Comcast is like, hey, we can only give you uh, 1.2 terabytes of data per month. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm I can't go outside. <laughs> I can't go outside, Comcast. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> We've decided right now is the right time. But don't worry, most people don't use 1.2 terabytes. I think Every this month is I've gotten a notification that I'm using 1.2 terabytes or above. Oh my god. I think this is how Elon Musk moves in with his weird like brain implant chip idea where he's like, guys, you don't need terabytes in your brain. <laughs> and then that's how we digress as a society and go into iRobot and then we just don't listen to Will Smith and then robots take over the world anyway that's how society ends <laughs> we're full of theories here <laughs> I actually don't know how long we've been recording because it's been a mess but uh, we can keep going for a little longer and just ask a couple yeah. questions then but Jordan I did see that um during june you guys were donating your um, merch proceeds said the naacp because of all you know the black lives matter protests and everything going on so how has been um having the standby get involved with like social activism because we've only recently seen a lot of bands become more vocal about that as they've seen yeah. it not be as taboo so i did really like seeing that <laughs> like come yeah. out from from you guys so like um, that's always something that we've tried to like dabble in, but we struggled with being vocal and not being too, I don't know. It's hard to like balance, like care, expressing that you care and not like, you know, pissing people off. Cause like, I don't know. It's not, that's not necessarily your goal when you're trying to support these things, but like, obviously it's become easier like before we would do things where like we had a shirt design um with a, like a local nonprofit for like raising like mental health awareness stuff like that and then uh around christmas last year we did a shirt with um hope for the day which you guys might know about yeah, yeah we've talked with hope for the day and you know they're great people johnny yeah, awesome yeah, they're super cool. So we did a shirt with them to help raise money for them. So this was kind of like something that we were familiar with, but it was, um, I don't know, it was nice to be able to like talk about more political things more openly through the band. So I think that's like something we're going to try to keep up moving forward. So, um, 
would you want to like incorporate those more in your songwriting or would you just want it to be kind of like separated in a sense? Um, those sentiments are already in there kind of just like kind of veiled. So, I mean, we might do it more like obviously, but, um, I don't know. I don't listen to a whole lot of like directly like political punk bands. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's usually like kind of derivatively like suggested that, you know, Oh, I'm a feminist or like, Oh, I'm pro this or pro that. You know what I mean? So like, that's kind of like the approach I'd more take, but yeah, it definitely is nice to be able to like vocalize those beliefs more on social media. Did you get any, uh, I mean, I know that it's, it, it's just a weird time to be like on either side of anything. Like it's just, it's just very hard to say your opinion about anything without getting some sort of response. Yeah. Any sort of like, uh, I mean, any sort of response was there a positive response or a negative response or anything that came from, from doing that. We had some direct positive response to like donating. Uh, before that we had real, we put together like a list of resources um for like understanding what was happening you know what i mean and like understanding like the underlying uh uh philosophies and like things like like white privilege and whatever you know like kind of to help people gain a grasp if they didn't know like what was going on uh and we got some serious like unfollows and unlikes from that but it wasn't like crazy. So that's about the extent of it. it wasn't Did like you any have life. any bands do that to you? I know that, that during that entire kind of like boiling point, it was just like a slew of different bands on Twitter. Like, hey, I, I support this. Or I like, I don't use my Twitter and I'm not supporting this. And then there was also like an equal amount of bands being like, no like all lives matter and then immediately being like all right we're not booking shows with you when shows comes back we're taking yeah. everything off and i was like oh my god I what is going on here like it I got really that. bloody when it came to it because <laughs> and i thought it was very strange because we've been doing this podcast for like two years and we've always worked with different organizations and been a little bit more political when we talk about things and we found that this just kind of came out of nowhere. And we were kind of sitting back going, where have you guys been with yeah. some of these political issues? But you're really popping off right now during the height of everything, obviously, because there's so many things going on. There's race tensions. But yeah. it's like, if you really were that more like socially proactive beforehand, I feel like you could have stopped like this onslaught of like Game of Thrones, like bloodshed of like cutting all these bands off all at once and then like like you know giving a huge shock to like a fan base because I know that there was a lot of people with like some of the pop punk bands that have rolled through uh, at least Chicago whether they're in Chicago or like adjacent states where they were like oh no we're not gonna book you anymore because you're like that and it's like that's crazy. It, it was just very insane yeah. and I mean I think everyone kind of either learned to not say anything about it or they kind of changed their tone or they did kind of like the performative activism thing and be like oh hey like we donated x amount of money um yeah let's just not talk about it anymore uh so that's kind of what i i saw 
coming with all that. So it's kind of nice and refreshing to hear that you guys have always been like working with it and wanting to be more political. Yeah. But it's also understandable, like in a marketing sense too, being like, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to lose, you know, potential listeners and potential, you know, people who might be interested because unfortunately that's how things things have to work. Well, I mean, to a certain point, like it's the reason why I think we've always kind of strayed away from like talking about it publicly is because it's very easy to come off as being performative. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, like, we haven't talked about it a lot since like donating because we haven't really talked about anything much because we didn't want to detract from what's going on. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, we didn't want to like, like, yeah, we're like, okay, we'll quietly keep donating or whatever. But like, we didn't want to like make it seem like we were trying to use that for leverage or like, you know, take it at face value, I guess, and like cheapen it in any way. And like, even like when we were like talking about putting out like these demos and stuff, we were like, we still don't know if it's like the right time because like there's a lot of important conversations going on still. And like, we don't want to like, I don't know, it just feels wrong to try and promote something while there's other more important stuff going on. But I don't know, we just kind of went with it anyway. But yeah, that's kind of like our thought process is like, we're less worried about like turning people off about it and more worried about like coming off as fake. But at the same time, it's like punk used to be like so political. It's like, where did that go? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird balance to strike now, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, we were even having this issue with like, everybody's showing up and it's like they're just looking on twitter for people to complain about and it's like people are doing work but it's not you use your platform you mention from your platform what you need to say uh and you give your thoughts on it uh everybody makes their decisions on you based on whatever your opinion is so good or bad uh and then you know it's then like you said it's just not about not doing performative things i we talk a lot about how like everything is in a way performative, but at the same time, it's like performative and giving the space to other people to do the speaking instead of, you know, you, if you're like, Hey, I'm not really the person who should be talking right now. It should be other people go listen to these voices. We're going to put our money where our mouth is and provide some resources to them. Uh, I think that's the right way to go about it. But if there's anything that you can learn from Twitter, which is nothing, uh, (laughs) you can understand that like, there's there's just no way to win i don't think like you're we're just doing our best and nobody really knows yeah yeah it's like that black mirror episode where like they have that like death to hashtag or whatever i don't know if you guys have seen that i just watched it the other night was it was that in like season four three that was season one or two one oh we're going really back So, like with those like electronic bees or whatever yeah oh the bees one okay yeah now i remember yeah yeah um again we're back, back to the rob. we're back to robots <laughs> listen we're sort of back to robots. listen <laughs> we're back we're hacking robot bees which is then it was like what when that came out on netflix there was like a report that's like hey we're working on robot bees yeah <laughs> like have you seen this show 
Well, it they're making ro- Netflix show. They're making robo dogs and they're like, "Oh, you won't have to deal with like cat hair and all this other shit." And they're like, "Have you not seen the Black Mirror episode?" Exactly that Black Mirror. Have episode. you not seen that Black Mirror episode? They made that episode based on the the Boston uh, uh what was the company? It's like Boston Mechanics or Boston Dynamics or whatever it is. And they're like, "Actually, are those dogs?" And they're like, oh, "What if those attacked you?" It's like, "Uh, why would you do that?" So yeah, I yeah, it, it feels like the the internet is a mob that's trying to gain social justice, and I don't really know if we have yet. But good luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to a certain point, you only can do so much, I guess. But yeah, yeah. it's tricky to navigate, and it's like new territory. So. Yeah. Well, I I think that it sounds like what you did was the right way to go about it, though. It sounds like what you guys did was right. We can only hope. I mean, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't get too much negative shit. So I mean. Yeah. Yeah. If you ended up losing a lot of fans, like, would that have made you feel bad? Would that have made you feel like, all right, or like how would you I feel? Mean, like the the response was like really negative from your fan base. How would you have felt? I don't even know how I would have processed that because like I don't know I feel like you hope to connect with like like like-minded people through stuff like this you know what I mean so I feel like I would have like felt like I was putting across the wrong message or something with like what I was doing but thankfully that didn't happen so everybody was like we thought you were Nickelback (laughs) no no, it's trapped that's that's who they thought Fine, we're gonna go see or Smash now Smash Mouth, Mouth because that's yeah. that's what it is now. Yeah. What do they do? Like play like a festival? Yeah, they play the Sturges mm-hmm. motorcycle rally, which actually accounted for what was it? I think it was like twenty six or twenty nine percent of the coronavirus cases two weeks ago in the United States. Oh my god. Two hundred and sixty thousand cases from that rally. That's insane. people died to see Smash Mouth. <laughs> watch shrek at home <laughs> i know you could have. It, it, it popped up on my amazon fire stick last night it's like do you want to watch the marvelous mrs Maisel or shrek and i'm like well this is quite the conundrum i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna go see smash mouth live instead i'll risk life and limb to watch them tell me i'm a believer to my face i hope that some, i hope that at least one person wore the shrek ears oh I don't want Smash Mouth to have had a great time at that show. <laughs> I want them to have had a terrible time at that show. Um, um, yeah, uh, let's, uh, should we do plugs? Should we? Yeah, yeah. we can um, talk about your new graphic design venture. Ooh, try yeah. to get you some, some hits up there. That'd be awesome. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to introduce it, but we'll just, we'll just go with it. Go oh, ahead. yeah, I mean, I, I just... <laughs> jumped into doing like freelance design full-time this month um i think this is like the third week and uh yeah i don't know things have been cool so far but yeah i do a lot of like uh like heavily textured work for bands and stuff like that um so a lot of like album covers and flyer designs and uh promotional materials i'm on like retainer with like a few labels and stuff so yeah that's pretty good yeah that's really good three weeks in like 
I'm well, I mean, freaking out. <laughs> I've, I've been building it for a while, but so far I'm matching my day job. So I mean, oh. uh, my ex day job. So I can't complain too much. But yeah, it's uh, Hox Design Co. So it's H-O-X Design Co. Cool. Yeah. We'll have some links to it down below. Uh, where can everybody find uh, the music, find the band to connect with you and, and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, so the Standby 814 is our tag for everything from Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, we're on Spotify and all other major streaming platforms. And yeah, we'll have our demos out tomorrow or now, I guess if you're listening on Monday. Yeah. Uh, well, Jordan... This is great, aside from all the tech issues that are completely my fault. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you, appreciate you coming on. Thank you for your patience with all of my problems. And uh, yeah, everybody go check out the band. All right. Well, through all of the tech issues, an episode happened. <laughs> uh, it went down. It went down. I apologize for our Twitch stream this week. Uh, so no video, nothing on the Twitches, but uh we did our best and i'm learning so thank you for being patient with us thanks for hanging out with us thank you to jordan of the standby for coming on the episode uh we will uh hopefully have everything resolved if we have another interview next week we do have another interview Fuck. next week. all right i gotta do <laughs> if you uh want to stop by next week one of the artists uh bands i'm really been into oceanator um, Elise is going to be join us, joining us. So we'll see you next week from all of us here at the Emo Social Club Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. And goodbye. See you later. <laughs>